could let's stand for the reading of scripture this is from john chapter 16 if you're able stand with me this is our primary teaching text for today from john 16 verse 12 through 15 fitting as it is pentecost sunday it says this this is jesus speaking there is so much more i want to tell you but you can't bear it now when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now let's read it one more time. And everyone, let's read this one together, okay? There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And that belongs to the Father is mine. This is what I said. The spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Amen? Grab a seat. Thank you. Um, just a couple quick things before we get into it. Um, this is Memorial Day weekend, as you can tell, um, as we've got friends, I'm sure, away celebrating uh, this like extended holiday. But oftentimes we kind of forget where holidays originate. And uh, Memorial Day is a day that we honor those who died serving our country in armed services. And so today, I know that, you know, it's nice to have a day off from work, but really what we need to be thinking about is just how grateful we are and how thankful we are for the sacrifice of so many that ensure the freedoms that we have here in America, the freedoms that allow us to gather in a place like this, to lift up the name of Jesus um, with, with peace and safety and security. And so we honor them, we thank them for their sacrifice, and we thank God for all um, that, that they have done for us. So Memorial Day, remember that tomorrow. Um, just again, what Pastor Manny said, tomorrow is a final, or tonight is a final prayer night from 5 to 7. I hope to see you there. It is going to be amazing. We're going to end today talking through what we want our future prayer ministry to look like. And so we'd love for you to be out 5 to 7. Um, we've got a summer schedule coming out next week. It's going to be called Summer of Fun here at Highlands, and we're committed to only doing things that are fun this summer. How does that sound? Everyone feeling good about that? Like, we were, listen, we were kind of planning and scheduling, and, and it, it got to the point where it was like, man, this is too much work to schedule. It's not going to be fun. Let's not do it, right? And so we're only committed to doing fun things this summer, and so that'll be out for you next Sunday. And then just one more thing, that next Saturday, the men's ministry breakfast, um, I know that many of you have come to me and said, hey, I'm a guy. And I was like, yeah, you are. And they're like, and they're like, hey, we need something for dudes here. And I was like, yeah, we do. And so starting next Saturday, we're going to have a kind of a planning meeting of sorts, kind of a brain trust where we're all going to come together and say, what is it that we want out of a men's ministry here at Highlands? And um, how often do we want to meet? Where do we want to meet? All those different things. And so if you're a guy, this is a great opportunity for you to come meet some other guys that want to follow after Jesus more. And so we're going to be here next week, um, 8 to 11 for breakfast, and um, it's all taken care of. So all you got to do is come. It's going to be great. Okay? All right. Well, thanks for caring about me last week when I was gone for my birthday. Um, thanks for singing happy birthday. It was really sweet. And thank you for the birthday card. It was so good today. Um, okay. You ready? Okay. Here we go. So for the past five months, uh, we've been working through an extended series here called The Good Life. Five months. 
And I'm sure that 90% of you were here for it, and so I can't imagine much of a recap is necessary. But just in case you missed it or just joining us, uh, the overall intention for this extended series was to take a closer look at what God says is the best life can be, the absolute best this side of heaven and how to get there. The good life that we find as we follow Jesus and his way of life together. And in this series, we talked about a number of things. We talked about Jesus' practices of rest and worship and stewardship and community and finally prayer. The last of which we're going to be wrapping up today in a message called Listening to the God Who Speaks. Listening to the God Who Speaks. And as I was thinking about today, kind of building on all we've learned in this series about prayer, that first prayer is talking to the God we know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And also prayer is talking with the God who listens to us, the God who's never too busy to hear from his kids. Then last week we heard, week three from Pastor Manny, that, that the prayer is so much more than just us and what we do. It's really, it's really being, it's, it's abiding in the vine with God. It's presence, it's being with the God who loves us. And this is where we've been in this series. Now, all that said today, as we build on this foundation with our final piece of listening in prayer, listening in prayer, as I was thinking about this final piece, I was reminded of just how hard it can be to listen. And, and not only listen, I would say sometimes, but also hearing. Now, some of you might be thinking, hearing listening what's the difference well let me let me explain see hearing and you got a screen up here hearing is your ability or your capacity to perceive sound it's sensory and listening is what you choose to do with and what you take from the sound that you hear so hearing is perceiving it's your ability to receive information listening is processing it's focusing your attention towards the information you just Heard. And this means as a rule of thumb, you can't listen without first hearing. But just because you hear something, it doesn't mean you're always listening. It doesn't mean you're always processing what you're receiving. Does that make sense? All the men in the room, all the men in the room, just because you hear something doesn't mean you listen, right? And listen, in a moment of, of, of transparency, I just want to let you know that I have, been I have a remarkable ability to at times, to be pretty awful at both of these things. Hearing and listening. And I wonder if anyone else had a hard time. Everyone in the room, okay. I think when I was younger, um, it was because I loved talking. Maybe some of you can relate. I loved talking and leading conversations, which didn't leave much room for hearing or listening to others. But as I've gotten older, oh my goodness, it's changed so much. I think as I've gotten older, the challenge for me of listening and hearing isn't so much my output, but all the other inputs surrounding me. Hearing and listening is hard because of all the noise that is around me all the time, this wash of auditory impulse that makes it strenuous to differentiate or focus on any sound or voice in particular. And I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this, but Rebecca and I, we have a, my wife and I, we have this, we have a, a phrase for this reality, and it's called a sound vortex, where you're trying to be present in a moment, just like Pastor Manny talked about last week. Trying to be present, but with all the externals, all the extra sensory stimulation happening, finding focus at times can be a challenge. Like, for example, I remember um, a little over a month ago, my family and I, we had to move out of our house and move into my parents' house um, as they were, like, kind of drying out our house. We had a, a roof leak, and it kind of 
destroyed a bunch of our drywall. And so they had to bring this company in to kind of dry, has anyone ever had this happen? They kind of have to dry out your house and it's very loud anyway. And so uh, while it was being dried out, we, we moved up into my, my parents' house up in Santa Clarita, which isn't a bad drive, um, but having to make that drive every day at, at rush hour, where the 14 hits the five, hits the 210, it gets a little hectic, right? It gets a little hectic, and not just because of the traffic, but because as soon as we get in the car, my kids, they aren't just kind of chilling in the back seat like these dutifully obedient children, right? No, they are playing and complaining and throwing stuff and laughing and singing and doing all these cute things that kids do, but they're doing it at these loud volumes in a closed space for like an hour every single morning. And I'm still just trying to wake up, okay? Because we have to leave early. And so I'm trying to wake up to get there on time, and, I, and I'm up front trying to talk with Becca because I love her and I'm interested in what she has to say. But there were times, there were times where it was just straight up impossible to hear sonic tsunami of kid noise. I couldn't hear the sound of her voice over the noise. So there was no way I could listen to what she was saying. I wanted to. I wanted to. But there was just so much happening around me on this commute that I couldn't make it out. Now, what am I getting at here? I hope this makes sense. As we're speaking about listening to the God who speaks. Well, I think for a lot of us, my moment in the car is exactly what prayer can be like, where we want to talk with God. We want to talk, we want to, talk to God. We want to be with God. We even want to hear from him. We want to listen to what God has to say, but our lives are so often filled to the brim with all these secondary sources of stimulation. From work, to family, to hobbies and social media, to Netflix, to the literal sound vortexes that happen in the car on the way to school. We are so often filled to the brim with all the surrounding noise that it can be a constant struggle to hear the sound that matters most, the sound of his voice through the noise of the world. It can be hard to hear, and so, and so oftentimes we, we don't hear. We want to, but we can't, and so we don't. And instead, maybe we settle for what we've heard before, or we settle for what others may have heard, or, or we just kind of resign to the steady roar of life that we can't seem to escape, because listening is hard. But friends, please hear me for a moment. Drop your note cards, put your phones away. Tune out all the other sources for just a moment. And listen when I say that, that regardless of how hard it can be to listen in this life, God is speaking. God is speaking to you. The one and only God, the creator of all things and the sustainer of all people, he has spoken before and he is speaking now to you, to me, to all of us. God is speaking and he wants us to listen. God is speaking and he wants us to listen. Let me just throw a couple scriptures past you to drive this point home. From Jeremiah 33, it says, This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth and formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Verse 3, Ask me and I will tell you, the Lord is speaking. I will tell you 
remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Here's Hebrews chapter 1. It says, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son. Jesus, God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And one more from Job 33. This is so good. Verse 14, it says, For God speaks again and again. For God speaks again and again, through, though people do not recognize it. That's so often us. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong, and he keeps them from pride. Friends, God speaks again and again and again. He does, and he wants us to hear him, and not only to perceive, to perceive his voice, but also to listen to what he has to say. So how can we, in a world where we are filled to the brim with all of this external stimulation, how can we begin to listen to a God who speaks in prayer, to perceive his voice and process his word? Well, that's where I want to park for the rest of our time, and, and I want to break down this instruction into two parts. First, I want to talk about how to hear God's voice, how to hear, and then I want to talk about how, how to Listen, how to learn to listen. So how to hear God's voice and discern the sound he's making, and then how, uh, how to listen for the types of things that he's telling us as God speaks through prayer. So let's start quickly. If you have notes, you can take some of this stuff down. It's going to be helpful. Let's start first with how to hear. How to hear. So first of all, as Christians, we've talked about this, our confession as believers is that God speaks. But how does God communicate? Well, we believe as a church that God speaks through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we saw that in our opening scripture just a moment ago from John 16. You read this with me, that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard from Jesus. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And that belong, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives me. So God speaks, and we know this, and, and he does so today through the Holy Spirit on behalf of Jesus. Amazing. So how can we hear? How can we hear the Spirit speak? Well, I've got three, I would say, universal methods that the Spirit chooses to speak through, and what a gift that they all start with S. The Spirit three, speaks through three S's today. So if you want to hear God speak over the noise of life, you must first embrace Scripture, silence, and solitude. One more time. Scripture, silence, and solitude, and they all kind of build and work with one another. And so, Scripture, solitude. Let's break it down, starting with Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says that all Scripture is inspired by God. Another translation says that all Scripture is God-breathed, flowing from the Holy Spirit, and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And this is, this is first, that God speaks. We hear God speak through Scripture. All Scripture is God 
inspired. He spoke before, and he's speaking now. The Spirit inspired the writing then, and the Spirit inspires the reading now. And this is the Christian confession for more than 2,000 years. So if you want to hear from God, read the Bible, okay? Now, practically, how does this play out? Where do you start? Because for a lot of us, I think the Bible has become a study, right? It's a textbook that we use to know more about God and prove God, not so much a diary that he's given us to better experience and understand him. So how can we use scripture to hear from God? Well, there's an ancient practice uh, used by the church called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina. And this translates to mean divine reading. And it's basically the practice of praying scripture. It's praying through the Bible to hear from God. Here's how it works. I got a couple points up there if you want to make notes. So you open the Bible and you say, God, I'm going to read your word today. You begin to ask God to speak to you through what you're about to read. So you say, God, I'm going to read your word. I'm asking you to meet me in this text and open my eyes. God, I thank you for the word. And from there, you have four different R's, okay? You've got read, reflect, respond, and rest. So you read the passage that the Spirit wrote and, and wants to speak through. You read it a few times, read it internally, then read it out loud. This is why when we opened our sermon today, I had you read along with me. Because we're meeting God in this moment that he has given us. And so we read it a few times, read it internally, read it aloud. Then after reading, you reflect. You contemplate. You contemplate what you just heard. You ask God to open your eyes to new details new meaning from the text. Take some time to meditate on the words. Then after reflection, this is your third R, you respond. You thank God for the text. And you ask questions about what you just read. You ask God to give you a greater heart for what you just read. You ask God to give you courage to put what you just read into action that you might be faithful for him. That's the third R. And then finally, after some time in the scripture, you take a moment to rest with God in the quiet. And this is called Lectio Divina something that the church has been practicing for thousands of years. You read, reflect, respond, and then rest. And practically, some of you might be thinking, oh, this sounds cool, but how do I actually get this done? Um, practically, I found that if you actually want to do this and hear from God in the scripture, then you, you need to, even with the best of intentions, it gets busy. So you need to schedule time in the scripture into your life. You need to make some pre-decisions for when you will actually do this in your day and in your week, and then write it into your calendar. Why? Because life is busy, and urgencies take over, and we all know this. They creep in and disrupt our day, but if it's already on your calendar, you're more likely to keep your appointments, right? So God wants to speak through the scriptures. That's first. Schedule your time in the word with him every single day, every single week, and you will hear from God. So as you read, as you reflect, as you respond and rest, this brings us up to our second method the Spirit chooses to speak through, and that is silence. We hear God speak in our silence. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, God describes his voice as a gentle whisper for his people. Now somebody tell me, what does it take to hear a whisper? It requires proximity, but it also requires peace and quiet. It requires Silence. It takes getting close enough to hear, absolutely, but also silencing 
all the other voices, all the other secondary sources of stimulation begging for your attention. Think back to me in the car for a second on the way to school, dropping the kids off. I was literally sitting next to Rebecca and I couldn't hear her. Proximity wasn't the problem. I couldn't hear her because of the noise around me, but it wasn't until the roar of the kids was silenced after drop-off that I could, my life was quiet enough to listen. Friends, I had to embrace silence to hear her voice. And this is the same in prayer. God is speaking, but we need to step into moments of quiet and seasons of silence to be able to discern his voice. Now, what does this look like practically? Well, just like with the scripture, if you want to listen to the God who speaks, then you need to schedule silence into your life. You need to schedule moments and times where all the secondary sources of information are silenced, and it's just you and the Lord. And, and y'all, this might feel pretty foreign at first, okay? I acknowledge that. Because so much of our life is filled with noise, but if you want to be open to what God is saying, then you need to make room in your day, in your life, to listen. Make room to listen. Which is actually, it brings us up to our, our third method, which is solitude. Solitude. When we hear God speak in and through our solitude, but what, but what is solitude? Solitude is, is simply getting away from the ordinary stresses of life to be alone with God. We see time and time again in the Gospels, Jesus embracing solitude when he retreats from the crowds, retreating from work, retreating from friends to go and be alone with his Father in heaven. And y'all, if, if Jesus, who is God, needed time of solitude to hear from God, then you better believe we do too. Now, how is this different than silence? How is solitude different than silence? Good question. Silence is a moment of quiet with God, sometimes alone, sometimes it's with community. We have moments of silence on Sunday nights at our prayer nights. So silence is a moment with God of quiet, alone, sometimes a community where we tune out the competing sounds to hear. Solitude is an extended time, extended scheduled time with God to be alone in the quiet. Now what does this look like? Well, for some, in the Christian tradition, it means taking a day, a week, or even a longer to be like away from the world with God. That might seem unrealistic for some of us with jobs. I get that. But it's taking a day or two, a week, whatever, to be alone with God, to retreat into nature or into a monastery, to be refreshed and hear the God who speaks. Still, for others, and maybe this is more practical for you, it's simply committing the times that you already have alone, the solitude that you already have to the Lord so you might hear his voice in it. Times in the car on your way to work. Times of quiet before the rest of the house wakes up or after the rest of the house is asleep. Times in the bathroom where you are alone. And on walks, getting your steps in at the end of the day. Solitude can simply be committing those times to the Lord. And saying, Father, here I am in this moment of quiet. Here I am in this moment alone with you. I am listening. Father, I am choosing to tune out all the other distractions and competing voices, begging for my attention because I want to hear from you. I know you're speaking. Here I am. This is solitude, and this is how we hear the God who speaks in our solitude and silence and in our time in the Word. And while God does speak from time to time in more miraculous ways, okay, no doubt, there are prom these are the promised methods by which the Spirit 
through uh, God through the Spirit is already speaking, okay? Scripture is silent solitude. Now, as we do this and begin to make room in our lives to hear the voice of God, to perceive his words, it's then that we must learn to listen and to respond to what he is saying. So it's not just hearing, it's also listening. So what is God saying to his people as we listen? What does he want to talk about? Well, there's a lot of things that God is saying to his people um, through scripture, through silence, through solitude. But for the sake of simplicity, I, I want to put them into four categories. And I know if you're taking notes, you've got a lot right now. Grab your second note card, okay? But quickly, the spirit of God through prayer is speaking four things. Wisdom, prophecy, direction, and affection. Wisdom, prophecy, direction, and affection, starting with wisdom. In our silence and solitude and through the word, God is speaking wisdom to you. God is speaking wisdom to you, but what is wisdom, and why does God care? Let's find out. Wisdom is essentially truth actualized. Wisdom is truth lived out in real life. And God wants you to know what's true and to live wisely in reply. So much so that he not only gives us an entire book of wisdom called the Proverbs in our scriptures, but he also sends his spirit to lead us into his wisdom. If you remember back to John 16, our opening scripture, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. James chapter 1 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. This is what God is speaking to you and he wants you to listen. Wisdom, that's first. The second thing that God is speaking to his people that he wants you to be listening for is prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? When I was growing up, I thought prophecy was just another word for fortune-telling, okay? I always thought it was like, I remember there was this Christopher Walken movie that came out in the mid-'80s, and it was real creepy, and it was called, like, The Prophecy or Prophet or something like that. And so that was my understanding of what prophecy was. But, but in the scriptures, prophecy is very different. And it's basically an encouragement from God to his people through his people. It's an encouragement from God to his people, through his people, for what he wants most for them and how they can be faithful to it. Prophecy in the scriptures is intended to serve as a reaffirmation of identity from the father to his kids, through his kids. It's not from us, it's from God, speaking through us to one another. And we see this, this uh, we see the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 call this gift, prophecy, um, call this, this a gift from the Holy Spirit that's intended to encourage, edify, strengthen, and comfort his church. And this is what God is speaking through his spirit to his people, through his people, for his people. Does that make sense? Now, some of you might be thinking, I'm still not getting it. Okay, here's the deal. I, I wonder if anyone here has ever been with someone and kind of sensed something for another person. Maybe you were talking to them, maybe you were praying for them, and you were, you know, and they were like going through a hard time and out of nowhere you had this, this insight or this encouragement for them for how to best move forward with wisdom. That might have been God speaking prophetically through your life. And while this practice of prophecy has been abused, certainly, and gotten out of hand at times in the church, the reality is we must continue to believe that it is real and continue to listen because God is speaking. 1 Thessalonians 5 says it like this. It's on the screen. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is it. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff 
at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. And that's the second piece of what God is speaking to us through his spirit, through solitude, silence, and through the scripture. The third thing that God is speaking to his people, back to John 16, is that he is speaking direction. Some of you here today might be looking for some direction when you're in Mark, because God is speaking direction to you. John 16 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And all throughout the Bible, from Abraham to Noah to Moses to David to the early church, God has given them direction through prayer. God is speaking what is next over his people and wants us to listen. One of my favorite moments in the Bible of God speaking direction is from the book of Acts chapter 16. The book of Acts is the story of the church. And it's uh, this moment called the Macedonian Call, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, this great hero of the faith, he is just crushing it. And he's on his way out on his second missionary journey with his crew, and he was going to go to all the places that seemed most reasonable, all these churches that he's already cared about and invested in. He was going to go back and minister to them. But on his way, the Holy Spirit stops him, stops him in his tracks. And, and so he keeps walking, the Spirit stops him again, and so he's like, all right, I might as well take a nap, right? I'm getting a little tired of this. And as he is sleeping, the Spirit, who leads into all truth, gives him a vision for what's next, gives him direction for where to go. The Spirit gave direction in a dream to uh, to, to, to go and to take the message of Christ beyond the borders of the Middle East and into Europe. It's just amazing, this story. God was speaking direction, and Paul was listening with intention, and the world has changed because of it. And this is what the Spirit does. I just wonder if anyone here has ever heard from God in the quiet. I wonder if anyone here has ever heard from God in a dream or maybe even a, in an encouragement from a friend about direction. I know for me, I've heard God's still soft voice, you know, during a few key moments of change in my life where I needed direction. And going back to, you know, to how to hear, I, I always heard them in the quiet. I always heard them in silence. I heard them in moments of solitude where I gave that time back to God and listened. So God is speaking direction to you, and he wants you to listen. That's number three. Finally, through prayer, in our silence, in our solitude, and through the scriptures, God is speaking affection. God is speaking affection over you, and he wants you to listen. So much of our lives are built around producing. So much of our lives are built around doing and achieving and moving from one place to the next. And I think that we often bring that pace of life into our relationship with God. We're just like, God, keep up, keep up. I'm moving, God, keep up. But let me just say this. More than wisdom or prophecy or direction or correction or command, I believe prayer, God speaks affection the most over his people. Why? Because God wants you to know how much he loves you. God wants to meet you in prayer in the scriptures, in silence, in solitude. God wants to meet you and to shine affection into your life because he wants you to know what, that he just thinks the world of you. God wants you to know that you matter to him. It doesn't matter where you've been. 
It doesn't matter what you know or you don't. It doesn't matter where, you, what, where you're going, where you think you're going, how, how experienced you are in faith. God wants you to know that you matter to him, and he genuinely enjoys your company. Just like a good father to a kid, right? God wants you to know how much he cares, that he believes in you, and what is now available to you as his, as his son or daughter. And this is what God is saying in prayer. And so listen up, right? Ephesians 1 says it like this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Let me read that last part one more time. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand, so you can understand the confident hope he has given those who are called. That's you. Who are you? You are his holy people who are his. You are his, God's rich and glorious inheritance. That's how God sees you. I also pray, Paul says, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And friends, this is what God is saying to you. This is what God is saying. Can you hear him? Are you listening? God, friends, God wants us to listen. He wants to listen to him for wisdom. Why? So we might live lives of truth. He wants to listen for prophecy so we might help others live faithful. He wants to listen for direction so we might live obedient in his name and he wants us to listen for affection so we might live as his people. His people, whom he calls his rich and glorious inheritance. Now, as we, as we close today, this practice of prayer, and really as we're bringing a conclusion to this five-month journey toward the good life that we have been having. What I'd like for you to remember and really for you to take away, if there's one thing today to take away, as first importance, it's simply this. That God is real, he loves you, and he is calling you to live like him. He's calling you to live like him, to talk to him and to listen to his word. I need you to know that God is invested in you. God is close to you, and he is speaking even now in your silence, in your scriptures, and in the solitude of life, speaking affection, direction, identity, prophecy, and wisdom over you. God is for you. God is for you, and he wants to lead you to your greatest possible end, to the good life with him, both now and in the life to come. And it's available, friends. The good life is available. Your greatest days are still ahead as you choose to follow Jesus. But it's up to you. It's up to you to stop, to pause, to schedule silence in your life so all the noise might fade away. All so you might listen to the God who speaks. All so you might listen to the God who speaks. And this is the practice of prayer. Now, as we close, I'd like to pray for you. And I'd like to pray for you scripture. 
I'd like to pray for you um, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' prayer for his people. And I'd also love to pray for you the prayer from Ephesians chapter 1 that Paul, through the Spirit, prayed over his church. And so if you would, as we close, why don't we stand together? Put your devices down. Take a moment to take a deep breath, if you can. I heard that breath, Doug. One more time. And let's take a moment to just clear the air, to hear from God, and to listen to his word. Take a moment, everyone here, to quiet your heart. Let's stand together in silence. As we come before God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, our Father in heaven. Father, I pray for Highlands Church. I pray that their hearts would be flooded with light so they can understand the confident hope you have given those you called your holy people who are your rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that they will understand. God, meet us in this moment. I pray that they will understand the incredible greatness of your power for us, for belief. This is the same power, God, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly place of honor at God's, at your right hand, heavenly, heavenly realms. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you in the quiet. We thank you in the scriptures, God. We thank you in this moment, alone with one another, in this place as your church. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for calling us. We thank you for the good life that you are offering us. And in this moment, as we speak with the God we know, the God who is listening, as we are existing with you and we are listening for you, God, we just want to say we trust you. God, we trust you and we honor you. We submit our lives to you again. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, next week, we're going to be starting a summer series uh, called Let Me Explain. We did this last summer as well to kind of break down some of the things we do and the things we believe for some people who might not know. And so if there's anything in your life or in the life of the church that puzzles you, that's just saying, man, I wish I knew a little bit more about this. Come and let me know. We'd love to talk um, this summer about some of the things that you have questions about. So next week, come on out. We're going to be talking about baptism. And let me explain baptism for all who might have questions. But otherwise... Peace to you, and I love you guys. It's good to see you. Have an awesome Sunday, okay? Talk soon.